Well, we've made it to 2021. And again, we're confronted with this idea of setting goals and making resolutions or accepting some kind of challenge in our life. I'd like to offer one to you today, a kind of resolution that will last through every season of your life as a follower of Jesus, the kind of resolution that will generate happiness, though happiness is not its goal. It will generate peace, though peace is not its goal. In fact, it'll generate great joy and a great depth of development and growth and character in your life, though those are not, in and of themselves, the goal. I'd like us to read in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians is a fantastic letter by the Apostle Paul that really encourages us and the church to consider our life with Christ and to set our hearts and life on Him. So I'm going to read in chapter 3 and read from verse 1 to verse 17. Follow along as I read. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any one of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I come to the new year and I find myself really challenged to make goals, resolutions, and maybe coming out of 2020, and even while we're still in the pandemic, you feel reluctant to create great expectations for the year. However, I do want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit works in our lives to put a desire in our life that will carry us through every season. And that is that as we know Jesus, we would become like him. More like Jesus. Together. Every year. That is a resolution and challenge that will carry you. The Scottish evangelist and biologist who in the 1800s was influential in university and college settings. His name's Henry Drummond. And he preached a sermon in which he said this, to become Christ-like is the only thing in the whole world worth caring for, the thing before which every ambition of man is folly and all lower achievement vain. To become Christ-like is the only thing in the whole world worth caring for. I wonder how it is with us in this year. Would we accept this as our resolution, as our challenge? More like Jesus together. It's tempting to read this letter in Colossians just as a letter to ourselves personally and to take an interest just in our own personal relationship with Jesus. And I hope you will. But the movement of Jesus and the Spirit in our lives is that the Father's love would generate a love for others. And that together causes us to desire and yearn to become more like the one who made the Father's love known to us, that we would be more like Jesus. So Paul reminds the church in Colossae here as he says, since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He goes on to say, your life is hidden in Christ. It's hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. The sense is here that this is not just an individual experience, but it is a collective experience of the church. It's what happens when we understand that my Jesus is our Jesus. It's not just my personal apprehension of him, but it's what together in the church God is revealing through his word and the spirit to show who Jesus is. There are unique and specific behaviors that we together must do as a church when we take up this ambition that we would be more like Jesus together. Because Jesus is Lord, we would take up this matter of putting to death that which is part of our old earthly nature. In verses 5, he reminds us of aspects of our old earthly nature that we must put to death. For these things are 
already judged by God. And we begin to change our lives and our behaviors so that we put off some things and put on others. When we're willing and desiring to do this in relationships, in the community and part of the church and in our life outside the church with others, because we want to be more like Jesus, we want to be like Jesus in his relationships. That Jesus had a relationship with his heavenly father and he had a relationship with himself. He had a relationship with people and he had a relationship with the stuff of earth. Now, there is a fifth dimension in these relationships, but it's not one with which he had a relationship. It's one in which he was against. Jesus was against Satan and the powers and principalities arrayed around him and always arrayed against the knowledge of God. They were, in fact, powers of death. And Jesus was seeking to free us from them. In fact, this is spoken of in Colossians chapter 1, where Paul says, We have reason to give joyful thanks to the Father because of what God has accomplished in Christ Jesus. He has qualified us through Jesus to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So it's not that we have a relationship with the powers and principalities related to Satan and the kingdom of darkness. No, now in Christ, that is dead to us, and we are alive to God. We have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his Son because of the work of Jesus at the cross to bring to us forgiveness of sin and to open the doors to heaven, to life, to the knowledge of God, so that even now in this body we have eternal life. We have a life with Jesus. And so, in our relationship with the earthly things, the worldly things, the old nature and its pull, we actually put it to death so that we do not have a relationship with that which is dead, but instead we have a relationship with that which is alive. So often in our relationships and the conditioning of this world, we are drawn to special identities, special identities that are built around race or around religious practice or built around education, built around some kind of status. And instead, what we're called to as a life built around Christ. Notice what he says that in, in verse 10, he says, we are to put on the new self. We are to have a relationship with the character and life of Christ, this new self that has now been birthed by the Spirit of God in us. And this new image in this knowing of God through Christ, this new image is being renewed to be like our Creator. Here, he says in verse 11, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all 
and is in all. Recently, I was listening to a podcast called On Script. Uh, some of you may know Matthew Lynch, who's a professor at Regent College here in Vancouver. And they were interviewing uh, Justo Gonzalez, who's a famous historian, uh, who's brought to life for us many of the Christian uh, leaders through the last 2,000 years. But he's also been a prolific writer, and he's written about prayer. And in his book, Teach Us to Pray, on the Lord's Prayer, he writes about putting the we back in the Our Father, putting the us back in the Our Father. And so that when we pray, Our Father, we truly have a sense of our interconnectedness. And one of the things I think that's really important in this passage is that as we desire to be more like Jesus, it is a common desire that we have together. It is a common resolution and ambition that is fueled equally in us by the Spirit of God if we will let him do it. It is not just a singular ambition to be accomplished just by our own personal disciplines or might. That would actually be a recipe for disaster. But instead, together with the people of God, we are to do this. This is why Paul says in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, not just as a chosen person, but as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule, since as members of one body you were called to peace. I love how this passage speaks of what we are to do together as we all are setting our hearts on Jesus, as we all are letting the Spirit of God generate a desire, an ambition, a resolution in us that we want to be more like Jesus together. You know, there's a very interesting story told of um, H.B. War Warner, who you may, if you know the movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. He was the, the druggist in that movie. But 19 years earlier, he had actually played in a, in a silent film called King of Kings. And the director of the, the film, Cecil DeMille, was very concerned about the reputation of each actor in the film. And he wanted that, desired that the lead actor would have a reputation that was very much consistent with the image of Christ. He was afraid that if somehow the life of the main actor playing Jesus went off the rails, that it would create negative publicity for the film. And so he made the lead actor sign a contract which promised good behavior for at least five years, and that they would actually only accept roles that would be consistent with the image of Christ in that film. DeMille wanted Warner to be more like Jesus, but he had a strange way of getting there. DeMille required 
that Warner would be driven to the set with blinds drawn on the vehicle, that he would have to wear a black veil when he came, that uh, Warner would have to be separate from all the other players in the film, cast members, and he forced him to eat alone in case he would actually be tainted by the other people on the set. Warner couldn't play cards, go to ball games, ride in a convertible, or go swimming. <sighs> Sounds ludicrous, right? And it didn't work. Warner did not become more holy with all of those rules and regulations. And no matter how religious DeMille tried to make his setting, it actually only created more havoc and despair in Warner's life. In fact, during that time of trying to be like Jesus without the power of Jesus and trying to be like Jesus and play Jesus without the forgiveness and the communion of Jesus being at work, Warner went over the edge. And during the production of King of Kings, rather than becoming more like Jesus, he relapsed into an alcohol addiction which threatened to destroy his life and his career. We must be careful in our days of isolation and our days of Zoom church experiences and online distance that we aren't drawn into some kind of strange practice in pursuit of becoming more like Jesus. There are many practices and things that we'll explore over the course of this year of how we become more like Jesus together. How there are activities that we do in solitude, but we always return to community. And how there are things that we do in community, but we may return to solitude. And it's the movement in between these where the grace of God becomes revealed in community to actually generate a life with him. Notice what he says in verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's something to be made about our admonishing, our teaching, and our worship together that actually moves us to be more like Jesus together. So that not only do we know that we have our Christ together, and that we have our kinship together, that we have a kind of communion together, but we actually share in a common commission. Not a commission that makes us all the same, but a commission that delights in the diversity of our life in the city. Notice what he says in verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever you are doing, whatever you put your hands to do, can you do it and are you doing it in word or deed in the name of the Lord Jesus? When we speak of doing something in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's not just something we throw on at the end of a prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. But rather, 
Not only are we invoking the name of Jesus with our life, we're invoking the character of Jesus. That in the character of Jesus, no matter what we do, we are displaying who he is. We have become together a sign and a display of who Jesus is. In fact, Jesus says to the disciples, you will be known for your love for one another. As we enter into 2021, I want to encourage you to find places in your home and in your place to just write down this common resolution, more like Jesus together. Put it in places where it will serve as a prompt, where it will serve as a prompt for behaviors and actions that you may find work for you individually, and where it would serve as a prompt for actions and behaviors of things you do together as God's church. So that together, this would be true of us. That whatever we are doing, by word or deed in 2021, that we would do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we would be giving thanks to God the Father through him. More like Jesus together.